<laughs> All the way from Enjoy Church from Melbourne. Mel Melbourne. Melbourne, Australia. And let me tell you, seriously, you're clapping already. Those Aussies, man, they're fired up. And I know this guy right here, Pastor Shane Bastard, he's going to bring a word, a powerful word. You're going to be blessed. Let me tell you, I'm promising you, you're going to be blessed. It's a special morning. And uh, he's, he's come over here. He's got a great church. Uh, he met Pastor Carl at the Hillsong Conference. Is that correct? Uh, so they're buds. So we're buds. So let's give him a warm Hope Chapel. Cut it on my welcome. Pastor Shane Baxter. Hey, hey, come on. Let's give it up for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you love Jesus, come on. Let's give him some praise. Praise God. Oh, now we're cooking. Man, how many of you love church? How many of you love church? I love church. I love this church. How many of you love this church? Man, you, you guys are cranking. Now, this is what I hear. The rumour on the street is the 9am service is the rowdy bunch. Is that right? They reckon you guys are crazy. They reckon you just chuck it back. I'm going to throw it there. going to throw it back. And everybody said? Amen. That's what's going to happen all day. Here's the deal. If I can ask you to help me out this morning. Uh, the truth is, I, I, I'm a little homesick. But I reckon I can get over it. See, we've got 90 nationalities in, at Enjoy Church. People from all over the world. Every colour, every shape, every size, every tongue, every tribe. They're all there together. And they know how to make some noise. <laughs> they know how to make a lot of noise. So I'll make a deal with you. The more noise you make, the shorter I will preach. And everybody say it? <laughs> We're going to have a great day today. Why don't you take a seat this morning in Jesus' name. It is so good to be here. I do bring greetings this morning from Enjoy Church. How many, how many of you love the name of our church? Do you like the name of our church? When I was a kid, I used to go to Endure Church. How many of you used to go to Endure Church? Uh, but then you got saved along the way. Now you're going to Enjoy Church. I don't know about you. I, I, I much prefer to enjoy myself than Endure Enjoying is just a whole lot more fun. And so I do bring greetings from Enjoy Church. Also bring uh, greetings this morning from Georgie Girl. She's my bride for the last 23 years. She's the ooh-la-la of my life, praise God. How many of you have got an ooh-la-la? How many of you would like to meet an ooh-la-la before you go home? I, okay, I've got some hands going up. Why don't you just stand up? We can do this now. Come on, we can get it all out of the way. We're going to have a good time today. So I bring greetings from church today. We, we are, uh, we're just having a great time down home. And, uh, you know, we're, we've been at our church now for the last 14 years. And God has done incredible things. And, and now I get the incredible honour and privilege to be here with you today. And so to Pastor Carl, certainly want to say thank you to him for extending the invitation for me to be here. And as I come, I really do believe this morning that I've come with a word in season for many of you today. That's what I believe. You say, are you, are you meant to say that? Is that like bragging rights on the way in you can take it however you want to take it but this is what I believe I believe this morning as I bring the word of God it is a word for someone in this room in fact I believe as I bring the word of God it's going to be a, the, the word in season in the right time for many of you in this room I had a word that I was planning to speak but then I just really felt to change it so I'd already sent my notes through then I sent another set of notes through the, the guys in the back are probably thinking who is this guy what is he doing just sending all these notes but I believe this word to you for today is for us. And so are you ready to receive the Word of God? Yeah. All right. Why don't you take your Bible in your hand? Just take it quickly. Everyone bring your Bible to church. Is that what you do here? Yeah. You're a Bible-based church. Is that the deal? You believe in the Word? Yeah. The Word. 
I come from Melbourne. I come from Melbourne. Anyway, here we go. All right. So if you've got your Bible there, say, this is my Bible. I am what God says I am. How many of you know that's the truth? How many of you believe you are what God says you are? You know, if I listened to my mother-in-law, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, you've all got people in your life like that, haven't you? If I had to listen to my year 10 teacher, grade 10 teacher, I would have been in trouble. If I had to listen to a lot of people along the way, I'd be in trouble. You know, when the Lord found me, you know where He found me? This is the truth. Here's the deal. The Lord found me in the Aubrey Base Hospital, alcoholic poisoning, 22 years of age. In He came. And this is what I discovered. Many people had a lot to say about me, but the Word had a whole lot more to say about me. And the Word has got a whole lot more to say about you. So let's say it together. This is my Bible. I am what God says. I am. Now, when you turn to the person beside you, give them a poke with your Bible. Don't chop their arm off because it's a sword. All right. Give, it, give them a bit of a poke there and just say, that is your Bible. You is what God says. You is. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we give God some praise? Like that. You can do it however you want. Give God some praise. All right, so we're going to get into the Word. As I said, if you, if you make some noise, I'm going to preach shorter today. No noise, I'm going to keep going all afternoon. Could be a long sit-in. <laughs> All right, I want you to turn with me, if you will, to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. Ezekiel, chapter 37. We're going to, we're going to read a, a fairly lengthy passage of Scripture to begin with, but we need to lay a foundation. Is that all right? Ezekiel, chapter 37. We're going to read from verse 1 together. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me. Everyone say, The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He, he led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Everyone say very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Everyone say dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a, there was a noise and there's a comma there. So let's just take, take a moment. There was a noise as the man of God began to prophesy. This is what I believe. When Whenever the Word of God is spoken, how many of you know there's going to be a noise? How many of you know something is about to occur? When the Word of God is spoken, when the man or woman of God begins to prophesy and declare and speak the Word of God, how many of you know something is about to happen? I say, how many of you know something is about to happen? I believe it with all my heart. Something is about to happen. I believe this morning as I have come from Melbourne, Australia, this little Skippy the Bush kangaroo has come all the way across to Hawaii. Why? To bring the Word of God because God wants something to happen. God wants something to happen. Are you believing this morning as you come to the house of the Lord that something is about to happen? Something is about to occur. We teach our church all the time, don't just come to church. Don't just be a churchgoer. But when you're coming to the house of God, prepare yourself, prepare your heart, get ready because God is about to do something. And I believe with all my heart this morning 
something is about to happen. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. <laughs> anyway, we've been rather long. There was a rattling sound and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy. Everyone say prophesy son of man and say to it this is what the sovereign lord says come from the four winds o breath and breathe into these slain that they may live so i prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them they came to life and stood up on their feet a vast army then he said to me son of man these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, and they say, they say, how many of you have heard they say? They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. And maybe you've come to church this morning. Maybe this is not like any other Sunday. Maybe you've come in this morning and you're feeling on the inside like there's an area or a part of your life that is drying up. You're feeling like in an area or a part of your life, it's like all hope is gone. Not only is hope faded, but now all hope is gone and, and we are cut off. You're cut off from the plans and the purposes and the promises that God has made to you. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, Oh, my people, that'd be you, my friends. I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you. Thank you, Jesus. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you'll know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Now, we know that this passage of Scripture is for the house of Israel. Is that right? Amen. It is just, yes. Amen. Okay, so... So we know, are you ready? We know that this, this passage of Scripture is for the house of Israel. Is that right? Yeah. All right. So it's for the house of Israel. But how many of you know the Word of God is profitable for every generation? For every person in every generation. How many of you know that our God, He is the Alpha and He's the Omega. He is the beginning and He is the end. But how many of you know our God is in the middle as well? Our God is in the middle as well. And that's, that's very encouraging because I know that some of you are in the middle today. You're in the middle of something. You're in the middle of a situation. You're in the middle of circumstances. You, unfortunately, you're not at the beginning of them and you're not at the end of them, but you find yourself in the middle of it. Here we are today coming out the church and some of you find yourself in the middle of some stuff. Well, my friend, if you find yourself in the middle of some stuff today, I want to encourage you before you go home today, it's time to speak to it now. Got to speak to it now. You see, this story isn't just a story about some dry bones in a dry valley in a faraway time. How many of you ever read the Bible like that? It's like you're reading a bedtime story to your children. But how many of you know that's not what this is about? As we read this passage of Scripture this morning, the truth is it's a picture of where many of us find ourselves today. Huh. Dry bones represent that which is dead. Not just that which is dying, but that which is dead. Dry bones represent that which is dead. D-E-D, -E -D, dead. <laughs> That's how we spell it down under at this time of day. Dry bones represent that which is dead. And so when the question is asked to Ezekiel by the Lord, 
can these dry bones live? How many of you know? If the Lord comes along and he says, Zeke, because how many of you know that the Lord is Australian? <laughs> so that's what Aussies do. We just ruin everybody's names. That's just the deal. So he says, Zeke, can these dry bones live? And how many of you know that Zeke was an American? You say, how do I know that? Because he pulled out his US citizenship and he pleaded the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> he did. You say, what are you talking about? How many of you know he doesn't answer the question? So the Lord says, Zeke, can these dry bones live? But Zeke says, well, Lord, you alone know. How many of you know that's not an answer? That's not an answer. And how many of you know it's true? The Lord did know, but that wasn't the point of the question. And rarely is it the point of the question when the Lord is asking a question. He's not asking you because he doesn't know. He's all knowing. He knows everything. It's not like, well, what do you think, sister? No, it's not like that. He's asking the question because he wants you to know the answer. Zeke, can these dry bones live? He asked Ezekiel that because he wanted Ezekiel to know, yes, they can live. And I believe this morning that the Lord has sent me all the way from Melbourne to let you know that yes, these dry bones can live. I don't know what dry bones you have in your life today. I don't know what is sick in your life today. I don't know what is dying in your life today. But I do believe this, these dry bones can live. These dry bones can live. I don't know what's going on in your world. I don't know what's happening in your life. But yes, my friend, these dry bones, they can live. You see, if you're anything like me, you'd probably find it a whole lot easier to believe that God could Heal the sick. How many of you believe today God can heal the sick? Praise God, we've got some believers in this service. I like this. I'm the same. I believe that God can heal the sick. You tell me you're sick, I'm going to lay hands on you and slap you in the head all at the same time. Because I'm just believing you're going to get better right here, right now. Pow! That's the deal. All right. So some of you are like, I'm not going to tell you I'm sick. It's okay. I'll be gentle. All right. So, but I believe that God can heal. I believe that God can even heal the terminally ill. Do you believe that with me today? Do we believe the Word of God? I believe that Jesus said, you shall lay hands on the sick and they might get better. They shall get better. That's what the Bible says. They shall get better. I even believe that God can raise the dead. Does anybody here believe today that God can raise the dead? Give me a wave if you believe that. I believe it with all I am that God can raise the dead. I've laid hands on about eight people that, that were clinically dead. They had been pronounced dead by the doctor. There they were laying there. I laid hands on them. I said, in the name of Jesus, come back to life. How many, how many of you want to know how many came back to life out of eight? You're probably going to be surprised. Here we go. None. <laughs> That's true. None. I struck out eight times in a row. <laughs> but how many of you know, I'm not going to stop believing. I'm not going to stop believing. I'm going to keep laying hands and I'm going to keep praying and I'm going to keep declaring in Jesus' name. I'm not going to allow my theology to be based around my experiences. Friend, I want to encourage you today, don't allow your theology to be based around your experiences or your circumstances. Allow your theology to be based out of the Word of God and keep praying and keep believing. And if you believe it, you can say amen today. But do you really expect me to believe? Is it, where, where, where are we at? So we believe God can heal the sick. We believe God can even heal the terminally ill. We believe God can raise the dead. But do we, is God really asking of us? Is God asking of me, Shane, do you believe that I can bring back from the dead that which was sick, that which has died, that which is wasted away to become nothing more than a memory now? Are you asking me, Lord, if I believe that? Well, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'd do what Ezekiel did and pull out my US citizenship and plead the fifth as well. 
Well, Lord, you alone know. In verse 4 it says, Then he said to me, Prophesy. Everyone say, Prophesy. To these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Everyone say, Dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I love this. Two times in three verses, does the Lord make it so, so clear. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. He says it again. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Friend, I tell you the truth. There is nothing too dead in your life for Jesus not to be able to resurrect it. That there is nothing that is that far gone. There is nothing that is that far removed. Friends, there comes a time in all of our lives, and I have been here and I'm sure some of us are here today, but there comes a time when we need to give some recognition to the power and to the authority that we have been given by God. How many of you are aware this morning God has given you power? God has given you authority. How many of you are aware this morning? God has given you power. God has given you authority. It's the truth. I remember when I first got saved, Pastor Rob. I, when I first got saved, like I said, tw- I was 22 years of age. Alcoholic poisoning, all rebates hospital. Jesus comes in. Pow! I got saved. You know what I'm talking about? You know, I, I, I can never work out the people that are like this. I got saved. I got saved. I can't work that out. When I got saved, because I grew up in the church, but I wasn't of the church. When I got saved, man, I, I, got, I, got, I got saved. And I came back and I was so excited. And, and some of the pastors that knew me, one of the pastors came up and he's like, Shane, what happened to you? And I'm like, man, I got saved. I met the Lord. And then I'm like, why didn't it happen to you? Anyway, moving right along. I got, why didn't it happen? I don't know. I got saved. When I first got saved, I, I prayed for anything and everywhere. And you know what happened? Whatever I prayed for happened. They were crazy days. I just reached out my hand and prayed and a pow. I was like, you know what I'm talking about? Because when you got that childlike faith, I, 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 I remember the days when I didn't know what I knew now. And to be honest, sometimes I think I wish I lived there again. Because sometimes as we grow up, You know what I'm saying? When we first get saved, we're full of life and enthusiasm and belief and conviction. But then along the way, it's like we're going to live life to the full, full of belief and conviction. We need to give power. We need to give uh, some recognition to the power and the authority that we've been given by God. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, For in Christ, is there anybody in Christ in the house today? For in Christ, all the fullness... How many of you know the word all in Greek? It means all. You got that worked out? You can note that down. You could even tweet that if you like. All right. So for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given you. That's right, you. You and me together, we have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. Why don't you turn to the person beside you this morning and say, you've been given fullness in Christ. All right, turn to the person on the other side and sound like an Australian as you say that, all right? Come on, just say. (laughs) 
You've been given fullness in Christ, church. This is the deal. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life, life and death lie in the power of the mother-in-law. Is that what the Bible says? Well, that's in her Bible, but that's another story. I'll get myself in trouble in a minute. Death and life, life and death lie in the power of the GFC. <laughs> Hello? Is that what it says? No, you can yell at me or throw a chair or something. I don't care. You pull off a shoe, bang. Anyway, so death and life, life and death are in the power of the tongue. How many of you have got a tongue that gets you into trouble occasionally? Mine does regularly. But how many of you know life and death are in the power of the tongue? Life is in your tongue. And those who love it, according to Scripture, will eat its fruit. Friends, there comes a time when we need to get up and speak to some things. Speak to some things. I've come a long way to tell you today. You've got to speak to some things. Speak to some things. If you really want what you say you want, then rise up in faith, lay hold of God and begin to speak to the situation. You've got to speak into the situation. Friend, I want to encourage you today. Don't talk to it. Don't talk to it. Don't debate it. Don't discuss it. Just rise up in faith and begin to speak to it. How many of you know that Lazarus was dead? He wasn't sick any longer. He wasn't dying anymore. No, Lazarus was dead. He was D-E-D -E -D dead. It was all over Red Rover. You know what I'm talking about. He was finished. It was kaput. So he died. He passed away. And they, they, What I want to know is why is Jesus always late? How many of you, how many of you know what I'm talking about? He's always late. It's like... It's like he's a Lord and just turns up whenever he wants. Like the girls, they sent word to Jesus, come quickly, because our brother, he is very sick. And Jesus is like, thank you for the message. Now I think I'll go to McDonald's. What's the go with that? He turns up when he wants to turn up, because how many of you know he wants to bring glory to his father? And so he'll turn up when he turns up. It's always the right time when he turns up, even though by our time, he's always late. All right, so the girls... Lazarus dies, they put him in a tomb, they put the rock over the front of the tomb, Jesus turns up. As he comes into town, they're like, man, it's about time you got here, but anyway. So he says, let's get the rock out of the way. The girls are going, no, 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 no. He's on the nose, Lord, he's on the nose. You don't wanna, you don't wanna remove the, the, the stone. But he's like, it's time. How many of you know there's always a time? For this morning, for some of you, it's your time now. And Jesus, he steps up before the tomb there and he cries out in a loud voice. I, I, I love it. In John chapter 11, verse 43. Here's my thinking. Is Jesus the Lord? It's not a trick question. <laughs> Is Jesus, Pastor Rob, are we okay? Is Jesus the Lord? Yes. All right. Is Jesus the Messiah? Yes. All right. Is he Saviour? Is he, is he, is he, is he, is he, is he, is he the resurrection and the life? All right. He's all these things. He is the resurrection and the life. 
He is the Saviour. He is the Lord. He's the Messiah. He's now here with the sisters and they're grieving and they're broken and they're hurting. And Jesus is standing with them. And Lazarus is still dead. Is it possible, church, is it possible that we have the Lord? We have the Saviour, we have the Messiah, we have the resurrection and the life, we have the glory and the power and the splendour of God dwelling in us. We're, we're empowered by His Holy Spirit. But is it possible with all this going on, we still have things that are sick and dying and dead in our lives? It is, isn't it? As it was in the Word, it is in our lives. So Jesus, He takes His stand there before the tomb and the scripture says, John chapter 11, verse 43, that Jesus called out in a loud voice. I like that. It wasn't like, hey, Lazar, Lazar, are you there? Hope nobody hears me because if it doesn't go well, I don't want to look bad now. So, Laz, just give me a bit of a whistle if you're listening, Lazar. Oh, good, lads. All right, now we'll do it for proper. Gee, <laughs> that's not what happened, is it? The Bible says that he stepped up to the plate. That's, that's an American baseball term. All right, so he, he steps up to the plate and he called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And you know what I reckon happened? I reckon they heard a rattling sound, just like they did with Ezekiel. I reckon they heard something in the tomb. It's like, hey, I can hear something. I can hear something. Something is beginning to happen. And verse 44 says, The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Friends, I tell you the truth. We can see it in Scripture. Even Jesus had to speak to it. Even Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Son of God Himself, His very presence wasn't enough to cause Lazarus to come back from the dead. But when He stepped up and He began to speak to it, how many of you know something happened right there? Something happened right there. Friends, I want to ask you, and I ask myself the same question, why are we so timid? When it, when it comes to these issues and the things of life, why are we so timid? Why, why don't we just open our mouth and begin to speak to it? If we have been given power and authority from God, which the Bible says we have, why don't we, why don't we just step up full of faith and courage and boldness and begin to speak in Jesus' name? In Luke chapter 8, verse 22, it says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side of the lake. Now, Pastor, uh, Pastor Rob, I hear that this church is a Bible-based church. It's a theological church. It's in the Scripture. It's in the Word. So, church, I want to ask you, and if you were here in the previous services, please don't yell out the answer. But, but I want to ask you today, what did Jesus say to his disciples? You were here. What did Jesus say to his disciples? <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? How many different ideas we've got. Jesus said, let's go over to the other side of the lake. 
That's what Jesus said, wasn't it? Let's go over to the other side. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. And they, they went and woke up in their master, the Lord. And they said, Master, Master, we're going to drown. <laughs> How many of you can see the problem? I think I nearly blew a fuse then. <laughs> How many of you can see the problem? Some of you are like, I can't, what's the problem? The problem, <laughs> the problem is this, what did Jesus say? We're going to the other side of the lake. Come, let's go to the other side of the lake. But what were the disciples saying? Master, master, we're going to drown. How many of you know that is a problem? And so it is in the house of God today. We have a problem. So often the promises of God are yes and amen, but we're saying, oh, I don't think so. The promises of God are yes and amen. So Jesus says, Jesus speaks life, but so often we find ourselves speaking death. Jesus is speaking victory, but we are speaking defeat. Jesus says we're going over, but we say we're going under. How many of you have got the picture? How many of you know what I'm talking about here? So this is what happened. He got up and he rebuked the wind and the raging waters. I want to ask you, church, how do you think he rebuked the wind and the raging waters? He, okay, he spoke. It's obvious, isn't it? I don't think he ran to the front of the bow and went like this. I don't think he did that. I think he ran and he began to declare. I don't know in whose name he was declaring. I don't, I don't think he was using his own name. In the name of Jesus, that was me. <laughs> no, I don't think it would have been like that. But how many of you know that's what we're meant to do? In the name of Jesus, we're going to speak to the storm. We're going to speak to the wind. We're going to speak to the waters. We're going to tell them to be still in Jesus' name. That's exactly what happened. You see, he, he, he went and he rebuked the wind and the raging waters and the storm subsided and all was calm. Some of you are crying out to God, God, give me calm. God's crying out to you and saying, speak to it. Speak to it now. If you want calm in your life, my friends, there's a time for peace and there's a time for war. We don't war in the flesh, we war in the spirit. We war when we rise up in faith and begin to speak to it in Jesus' name. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another. How many of you think that's a funny emotional thing happening right there? In fear and amazement. In fear, uh, in amazement. Wow. Uh, wow. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. How many of you think that is amazing? That's good. Some of you are hard to impress. <laughs> I think it's amazing that he could command the wind and the water and they would obey him. But you, do you know what I think is even more amazing? That same power and authority that Jesus walked in, he's given it to you. He's given it to you. That, that's, it's wild. So what he can do, you can do. He spoke to the storm, you can speak to the storm. He, he spoke to Lazarus, you can speak to that which is dead in your life. Friend, I tell you the truth today, that which God, Jesus did, you can do too. In fact, in John chapter 14, verse 12, it says, I tell you the truth. How many of you know when Jesus says, I tell you the truth, he's telling you the truth. You guys are good. 
That's the deal. He's telling us the truth here. I tell you the truth. Anyone, anyone, you don't need to have been to a theological college. You don't need to be high educated. You don't need to be lower educated. You, 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 anyone, anyone who has faith in me, that's the qualifier right there. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. I'm going to do what? I'm going to do whatever you ask in my name. How many of you think, well, that's just wild, the, thing, the, the, the thought that Jesus would do whatever you ask in his name. I don't know about you, but what I want to know is why. Why would Jesus do whatever you ask in his name? I'm just a simple believer. I've got to know why. And how many of you know the scripture tells us why? And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son, that's Jesus himself, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. So that the Son may bring glory to the Father. I used to think, you know what? I used to think Jesus would do whatever I asked because he loved me. And you know what? He does love me and He does love you. That's the truth. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. That is the truth. But He's not necessarily running around doing everything that you pray and ask for because He loves you. He's doing it because He wants to bring glory to His Father. This is the greatest verse for, for me. When I discovered this verse, I'm like, I'm going to hang this in my prayer room. I'm going to get it tattooed. No, I'm not. But anyway, uh, I, 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 I'm, going to, I'm going to hang this in my prayer closet. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to get it tattooed across my heart so that I know, because I know that when I pray in Jesus' Name, He's going to begin to move. When I pray for my marriage, He's going to begin to move. Not necessarily just because He loves Georgie and I, but because He wants to bring glory to the Father. He wants to see our marriage established and bring glory to God. When I pray for my daughters, I've got two daughters, a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old. The 19-year-old is like her mum. She's a lot quieter. She thinks she's Asian, but she's not. And we just haven't told her. So she's just going with that. We're okay with that. She'll live in Japan. She'll preach up there. And that's her heart. She's studying Asian studies and Japanese language. She's going to go change the world. She's all over it. And then we've got Madison. Madison is a crazy little sucker, just like her dad. She's, she's crazy. When I pray for my daughters, you know what? I know Jesus is going to move in their life because of me. Yeah, He loves me and that's part of it. But more than that, He wants to bring glory to His Father. And so I know when I pray for my daughters, Jesus is stepping into their lives. He's stepping into their lives. He's not going to let them go. He's, going to, he's going after them to bring glory to the Father. I know when I pray for my health, and over the years, I've had a, a number of things go belly up, so to speak. And I, but I thank God that along the way, when we've prayed, we've seen the glory of God. Why? Because Jesus wants to bring glory to His Father. And on and on and on it goes, no matter what area of life we're speaking about today. I tell you the truth, my friends. He will do whatever you ask in His Name so that He may bring glory to His Father. You may ask me for anything in my Name, in the Name of Jesus. You can ask anything and according to Scripture, He will do it. What more needs to be said? He will do it. He will do it. What more can I say? He will do it. What more can I put before you today? He will do it. It's what He said. I, I, I don't know about the God that you know, but the God I know is true to His Word. He's true to His Word. There are many things in life that are going to let us down. There are many people in life that will let us down. I will let you down. 
There's no doubt about that. Just give me time, I'll get there. But I tell you the truth, the Word of God, Jesus, He will never let you down. He will never, ever, ever let you down. Ah, praise God. Give God praise if you want to. He will never let you down. <clears throat> so here we are. And it's now time to begin to speak to some things. This is a time in the service where we're going to speak to some things today. We're going to declare some things today. How many of you have got a, a pretty vivid, wild imagination? Is there anybody in the room that's like that? Just got crazy dreams going on all the time. I, uh, before as a, a pastor, the first 15 years of my working career, I was a carpenter, like our Lord and Saviour. Just saying. As a chippy, that's what we're calling in Australia, chippies. As a chippy, and on the job every day at about 10 a.m., we'd have smoko. No smokes were required, but we would just have smoko. We'd have a cup of tea and sandwiches. And every day, the guys in the job, they'd say, Shane, what did you dream last night? Every day, like clockwork, they'd want to know what I dreamt because I just had crazy dreams. And so, I remember one dream, I was, I was an alien. Can you believe that, brother? I was an alien. Anyway, crazy. I had another dream where I was a gangster. I like that one. That was a reoccurring one. I don't know whether there was a, a bit of a desire there. I'm not too sure. For moonshine and in the 30s. I, sorry if I spat on you. Please give the lady in the front row uh, a towel and umbrella. It'll be okay. I had another dream once where I was a cowboy. Do we have any cowboys in the house? Cowgirl? I, I was a cowboy. Not like a village people cowboy, but... I was a cowboy with a gun and a horse and riding across the desert this day and the horse just turned around and started talking to me. The therapist did ask what I used to smoke as a child. I want you to imagine, if you can, for just a minute. I want you to imagine the Holy Spirit is flying a helicopter because He loves flying helicopters. Did you know that? Holy Spirit loves flying helicopters. Who do you think's flying those helicopters? Anyway, he's out flying this helicopter and he comes over this great church, Hope Chapel. <laughs> comes over the church and he lifts the roof off. You say, how does he do that? I don't know, I'm not the Lord. He can work it out, he just lifts the roof off. Drops a rope down in the middle. Everyone's looking at the rope. Comes down. As you look at it, you can see your name as a tag. And here's your name written on the rope. So you jump onto the rope and out you go. Start flying around Hawaii looking for a dry, desolate valley. Well, there ain't none here. So we're just going to keep on flying. So we head to Australia, head across the Pacific hit the East Coast, go into Central Australia, and man, it is hot out there. It's hot. You can feel the wind and your heat in your face. It's hot. And you start coming down and getting lower. And you're coming into this valley and it's just desolate. But you can see in the distance, you can see a man out there. And as you come in closer and closer, you're getting closer. And you realise this man, it's the Lord. 
And there he is just standing on the valley floor and you come in and you, you land and you let go of the rope and you embrace the Lord and the Lord embraces you back. How many of you know that if you're ready to embrace the Lord, He's ready to embrace you this morning? And so you're just standing there embracing God. You're getting lost in His love and in His presence and you're, you're crying and then you're laughing and then you're crying and then you're laughing and just enjoying the presence of the Lord. And, and then you start to go on a walk together. And as you're walking down the valley floor, it's just hot and parched, but you can see what, what it looks, looks like a stick under some sand and, and, and the dust here. And so you come up and you put your, your toe under it and you flick it over. But as you flick it over, you realise it's no stick. It's that dream that died along the way. It's that dream that died. I don't know what dream it is for you. I don't know what part of your life it is. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was, maybe it was a marriage that died along the way. Maybe you're still under the same roof, but the marriage, the love, the life that you in, it's just there. And then you walk along a little bit further and here's, here's, another, here's another bone and you flick it out and you realise what it is. And as you look at that bone, you realise these are my children that aren't serving the Lord. They're not walking with God. They're estranged from us. Relationships are broken. And it just brings it all home. Maybe you go along a bit further and flick across another one. And, and there are some friendships that were so precious and dear to you. But they've died along the way. And with them died part of your heart. And I don't know what else we're going to flick over as if we were to walk down the valley. Maybe the GFC did take a business out or a house out. Or what, what, what would we discover if we were to be really honest in this room today and flick over these bones? What things in your life were there that meant so much but got sick and died and wasted away to become nothing more than a memory? I wonder this morning where you're at right now. I'm wondering if we might all stand to our feet just for just a few more minutes. As we come to the conclusion of this service, I just want to give you the opportunity just for a minute, just to enter into the presence of God and allow God to do what God is wanting to do in your life. Because I know the Holy Spirit is present right here, right now. I know God is speaking to some of you right now. Right now, right now. Friend, I want to ask you in this place right here. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that at all. Okay, if we can just, if we can just come, pull back just if we can. You might say, hey, the Aussie boy is firing up. I'm not firing up. I just know God's here. And I know God wants to do something in your life. That's why I'm here. That's why God is here. That's why you're here. Because there are things that have died along the way. And this is the day that there's going to be a rattling sound. This is the day that something's going to break in those situations. Break in those relationships. Break in your physical body. Healing is going to begin to be ministered to. This is the day that dreams are going to start to come to life again. This is the day. So I'm going to ask our brothers and sisters up here. If they can just lead us in a bridge of a song. When they're leading us, I don't want you to sing. 
don't sing just if you're comfortable to just center yourself in the presence of God and ask God God what am I what should I speak to today reveal to me Lord what is it that I need to speak to today what do I need to bring back to life what do I need to begin to speak life into today because in just a moment we're going to speak life and there will be a rattling sound I can tell you in spiritual realms there will be a rattling sound happening in this place won't you lead us in this bridge just ask God Lord, reveal to me, what area am I to speak to today? What area am I to speak to? What relationship, what marriage, what friend, what family? What is it? Just ask Him, church. God, what am I to speak to? We're about to speak. We're going to speak to it. We're going to speak to it. what you need to speak to today give me a wave if that's you okay all right this is what i want you to do if, if you know you, you got to speak to something right here right now i just want you to raise both hands towards god don't lift them up too high because i'm going to speak to you but i'm asking you just lift them up like so be comfortable just get ready just get ready this is what we're going to do we're going to speak to things some of you are going to speak to marriages some of you are going to speak to careers some of you are going to speak to uh, children that are, that are away from God. Some of you are going to speak to relationships that are just strained. Some of you are going to speak to your physical body. Some of you are going to speak, you're going to speak to whatever dream, whatever is important to you, whatever has, is sick, whatever is dying, whatever has died along the way. Friends, there is nothing too hard for our God. There is nothing impossible for our God. But this is what I'm going to ask of you today. When I ask you in a moment just to speak to it, I don't want you to mumble, okay? No mumbling. How many of you know what I mean by mumble? Don't mumble. I want you to speak it out loud. I want you to be bold. I want you to be courageous. And I want you to declare life in Jesus' Name. Now you might say, what, 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 what about all the people around us, Shane? They might hear what I speak. Friends, there's an Australian term which should fit right in here right now. It's called, who gives a rip what other people hear? <laughs> Who gives a rip? Friend, at the end of the day, this is your life. This is your dream. This is your marriage. These are your children. This is your health. So when I say speak, I want you to speak and I want you to speak loud and I want you to be bold and I want you to be courageous. And if it's dead, I want you to call it back to life. If it is sick, I want you to speak the life-giving power of God, whatever it may be, whatever situation, I want you to speak it, speak it, speak it out loud. Are you ready? I'm gonna pray for you. I wanna pray for you. Then I'm gonna say, speak to it. And when I say, speak to it, I want you to boldly begin to declare the life-giving power of God into that situation in Jesus' Name. Are you ready, church? Say, are you ready, church? 
Father, I pray for my brothers. I pray for my sisters. I pray, Lord God, for every man, woman, child of God in this room right now. And Lord, over their families, over their marriages, over their relationships, over their physical being, over their spiritual being, over their financial world, Lord God, over every area, over their emotions, Lord God, over every area that is sick, that has died, that has wasted away. We declare the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit. We declare the life-giving power that is in the name of Jesus. And today, Lord God, we rise up in the authority and the power that You have given to us, Lord God, and we declare life in Jesus' name. We release life in Jesus' name. Now speak to a church. Speak to it now. Speak out boldly. Begin to declare life. Begin to declare the power of God. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. Come on, raise your voice. Let's declare it out to God. Let's speak to it. Speak to it. We speak to marriages. We speak to families. We declare the life, the power, and the glory of God. Holy Spirit, move by your presence. Move by your power. Lord, we release life. Understand that even Ezekiel with the Lord standing right alongside, he didn't see it first time out of the gate. But the Lord, he saw that Ezekiel, don't be deflated now. Don't be deflated. Just speak to it again. Speak to it again. And friend, I want to say to you, if you're in a situation and you don't see everything happen this day, then when you rise up tomorrow, speak to it again. Speak to it in Jesus' name. And if you don't see it tomorrow, rise up the next day. Because if we put our faith in God, surely we shall see what we are believing to see. We just can't lose faith along the way. Just keep speaking it in Jesus' name. Think about Jesus outside the tomb. Lazarus, he comes out of the tomb like this. His hands and feet, the Bible says, were strapped up. And see, that's why we know Lazarus was, a can- was an Australian, because he had the kangaroo thing going on. This is what I want to say to you. You're in a good church. How many of you know you're in a good church? All right. 
Jesus said, Jesus said to the disciples, go and unwrap the man. The truth is we need each other. For some of us to come out and live life to the full, for some of these relationships to come back to the full, we need some brothers and sisters and pastors to come alongside of us and unhelp, uh, unwrap us, help unwrap us, that we might go out and live the life that God's got for us. Church, I love you. I'm honoured to be with you. Don't be, can I encourage you? Keep speaking to it now. Keep speaking to it. In Jesus' wonderful name. God bless you, Lotte. Love you, Lotte. God bless you.